Hey guys, Bia here. So before we start this episode, I just wanted to explain that by this point of the podcast, we had already recorded like 30 minutes of the episode when I realized that, sorry, that's my dog, when I realized that the microphone was off, so we had to start everything from the beginning and we were just laughing so hard we couldn't stop laughing because it was so funny. That's what's going on at this point. So yeah, enjoy this episode. Dang, I can't believe this! Oh my gosh! We're gonna restart. We got this. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, I can't, I can't with myself. There's a sermon coming this week that's gonna apply. Actually, it's not gonna directly apply to this, so never mind. But What do you mean? You'll see Sunday. I won't! Are you not gonna be here? I'm traveling back home! <laughs> okay, but tell me now this. Because <laughs> but... now I wanna know. It's about patience and suffering. And, uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> we've recorded like a good like almost thirty minutes, okay? And I forgot to turn on the mic, so we're gonna start everything again. I didn't have anything important to say. I'll yes, it did. <laughs> a bunch of things. Uh, oh my gosh! The Lord is good and faithful. Oh, he is. Amen. It was for a reason. It was. This is gonna be funny to us at least. That's so right. I don't know what you guys are gonna think, but this was hilarious to me. Anyways, welcome to one more episode of the Audience of One podcast. I'm Bia, and I am here with the Von Goins. Don't mind me. Oh gosh. And I actually haven't posted in the past two weeks, and I'm so sorry about that. But I've had good reasons for that because the first week, I <laughs> don't lie. Because just the first chill. week, I had finals, and if you've ever been in college, you know the finals week is insane. So I had no time for anything, and right after that was graduation week, and right after that we had conference meet here at the school, and we actually won. We were. <laughs> We won cross country, indoor, and outdoor track. So that was so cool. It has never been done in our school before. So well, our coach was very pumped, and we were very pumped as well. So after that, I also lost my voice for the entire week last week. So I couldn't do this, but now I'm fully healed. So here I am with Devon. That's right. Yes, and Devon actually used to wrestle here at the school. And you gotta say wrestle. Wrestle. I can't. I can't say wrestle. We make fun of him all the time, by the way, it's about wrestling. the way he says wrestle. So he used to wrestle here at the school, and then he worked with sports ministries. He was a GA for wrestling. He was actually. I just found out a few, few minutes ago. He was a director <laughs> in one of the dorms. I've been all over the place <laughs> on this campus for. And he now works with diversity, and you're the director of diversity, right? Yep. That's the word. Yay. I memorized. <laughs> Thank you. And he's also one of the elders at Cornerstone Community Church, which I attend here in Williamsburg, and I love this place so much. So, let's commence again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. This is so funny, I can't either. Uh, Anyways, <coughs> tell us a little bit about your testimony, because <laughs> I just heard about it, but most of them probably don't know your testimony. Yeah, that's good. So please share with us, like, how you came to Christ, and yeah, yeah. it was the whole story. Um, so I was born in Germany. I lived there till I was six. <laughs> I was born in Germany, lived there till I was six. Um, neither of my parents are Christian. My dad was in the military. My mom's German. Um, it was actually cool. We visited Germany this past 
Christmas to visit my grandma. So that was really good. Um, anyway, I don't know if I mentioned, but neither of my parents are Christian. So kind of the, the attitude about Christianity or any kind of faith uh, growing up was more of indifference. My mom was really big on relative truth. And uh, yeah, all the time she'd be like, you know, your truth is your truth. was good for you is good for you. <clears throat> so it wasn't really till we came to the States. Again, I was six. Um, and my first friend that I made, their, their family were Christians. Um, and again, I noticed that there was something that was different about them. And it was mainly in the way that the parents dealt with one another because, yeah, I don't know. It was just like a, like, like I knew pretty young. I was like, okay, there's something different. And, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately they ended up inviting me to church with them a few times. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, it was funny cause again, English wasn't my first language. German was, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That was like kind of a challenge for you. It was, <laughs> especially cause they had us reading the King James and I was like, <laughs> I was like, like what is going like, on? Um, no offense on the King James, but uh, <laughs> it's hard. It, it, yeah, I know from a non like English speaker, right? You're like it, it's harder. It's the 1600s, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moved to Savannah uh, down when, or when I was nine. Cause my dad was military. We moved every three years. Um, moved to Savannah. I don't remember much much anything about um, you know Christianity or spirituality. But it wasn't until we moved back up to North Georgia, moved to a place called Kennesaw, Georgia, or Dallas, Georgia. Excuse me. Um, I had a guy named Justice, who I used to call Mustis, I used to make fun of him, but, um, on a side note, it's, it's been cool, uh, just as I think back about my story, I think it's been really cool just to talk about the people who were really influential, that the Lord used, mm-hmm. because, in reality, and like, how it sticks, <clears throat> like, it sticks with you, it does, right? and, like, in reality, you know, like, you'll probably never, like, y'all will probably never know Justice or meet mm-hmm. Justice, but, like, that was the Lord's means, to, yeah. to reach out to me and, and, and to share the gospel with me. And a lot of times it is just, you know, one one individual who, or not, not, not one individual, but like you have these key people in your life that are sharing the truth with you. And I don't know, it's just really cool mm-hmm. to think through that. So that's why I wanted to make um, make Justice's name, not or no, not to make fun of him. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, <clears throat> so yeah, my attitude towards Christianity was more indifference, but I would make fun of Christians a lot of times. I thought they were weird. Um, but... Yeah, he was just really intentional about sharing the gospel with me. And I love hip-hop, so he was putting me on some Christian hip-hop, uh, hip-hop guys like Lecrae, and um, it's actually kind of cool. I, I just recently bought the album Rebel. That was one of the first albums I listened to, mm-hmm. and I play it, like I'm playing it in the car right now, and mm-hmm. it's just cool to like listen through the lyrics of those songs again and to think back on how pivotal that they were in shaping me at a young age, yeah. uh, even before I was even following Jesus. Um, or had any kind of Christian convictions. It was just really challenging a lot of the assumptions about life that I had. But there's a song named Truth by Lecrae, and mm-hmm. I remember listening to it, and I was, being, I was being really challenged by it because the whole idea of truth was relative to me, mm-hmm. and he was calling that out. Uh, and I remember playing it in front of my mom, and she was like, I was like, what do you think about this? And she's like, that's good for him. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, <clears throat> anyway, so kind of fast forward a little bit, but that was in middle school. Kind of fast forward a little bit, uh, sophomore year of high school, just finished this my second wrestling season. Um, like literally that the weekend before um, we had finished staying and stuff, and that next week I ended up getting kicked out of school for possession of marijuana. Uh, so I had a drug charge on me, and that was pretty devastating because, you know, my whole life I wanted to join the military. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a means to be able to, you know, have some time with my dad because dad was military, had PTSD, and the way that he... Um, dealt with that was to drown himself in work. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me have some kind of common factor that I can have with my dad. And, um, yeah, so, like, the drug charge basically threw that all out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
well, what do I do now, you know? And uh, again, I had some other friends. I didn't mention this last time. But I had <laughs> another friend who was like, he was like, man, like, he's like, you, you should really start reading the Bible. And <clears throat> the other day, like literally mm-hmm. two or three days ago, I was looking back on like the little concordance in the back where mm-hmm. it has the different word and then you gives you different Bible verses. Mm-hmm. And literally that's what I would do. I would look up a, a certain word that I wanted that's to know about. actually kind of smart. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, I would literally just read through every single one of those things. So I did that for a while, but um, his name was Shannon. But <laughs> yeah, so Shannon really challenged me with that. But got kicked out on a Friday, that next Friday, um, one of my boys that I used to kick it with and still kicked it with, he ended up going, or he ended up inviting me to this Christian, um, like a winter camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, what's that? But, uh, <laughs> and I also had to convince my mom to let me go because, mm-hmm. you know, my mom wouldn't let me uh, miss school for nothing. So mm-hmm. uh, she'd beat me before. I don't know. I, I, I could be like dead on the street. She'd like pick me up, put me in the classroom and be like, get up. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but by God's grace, um, yeah, my mom let me go. And that was the first time that I'd really like, heard the gospel. Yeah. So again, I'd heard it through music. I'd heard it through people sharing it with me. I'd heard it even when I was younger, like at certain church services that people yeah. would take me to. But at that winter retreat, that was the first time I really heard. And I was like, okay, Jesus really might be who he says that he is. And um, it was the first time that he clicked. Right, yeah. right. And again, it's kind of cool thinking about that. Um, I don't know. I just get encouraged because and even like the way that I like now counsel folks or I have to remind myself of whenever sharing the gospel with folks is like, listen, sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even so like the kitchens, they're the people that like my first friends whenever, whenever I came to America, it wasn't until I was in college and I literally read, no, I was in high school. Um, it might've been that summer, but I, I literally reached out to them and was like, Hey, thank you all for being a witness for Jesus. Like, that's so cool. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like, that was six years later yeah right they didn't mm-hmm. know yeah um true. which is just really cool so uh all that to say kind of i think that that's kind of the moment where um where the lord had really just kind of changed my heart and again i, I try to be careful with like time and a day because mm-hmm. i think we can get overly fixated on that yeah. but the whole time the lord was slowly drawing me to himself mm-hmm. over those over those years and um which is cool and then i ended up getting mentorship by a guy named jonathan mm-hmm. um he ended up he ended up leaving that church on, on like good premise, but um, his dad was a successful business owner. He wanted to start a restaurant. Me and my boys basically helped him build that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of discipleship that happened and we would work through what the word was, um, work through different books. I remember reading through the book of James. I remember reading through the book of Romans and mm-hmm. um, like my mom would drop me off at the restaurant. And one day I was reading Romans eight and uh, I don't know, it was just a really cool moment. I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. But again, like I'd already been a Christian at this point, but I was reading Romans 8, 1. It says, there, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And I was in like a little rolly chair and I was just like, hold <laughs> up. And, you know, Jonathan, by this time, he still had like 10, 15 minutes before he got to, got to the, the place. And I was just like reading, thinking about that. And by the time that he walked in the door, I was like, bro. Have you read this before? <laughs> like, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> I have. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, no, it's just really cool. And it was just a, yeah, the Lord had just really, I guess, impressed at that moment a, mm-hmm. a high view of the, of the word and spending time there and was really encouraged there. But anyway, yeah. the rest was kind of a process. It's a yeah. you know, continued life process, but I had a lot but of mentors before, It's a lifetime it process is. of yeah. getting to know the Lord. And I feel like it's cool that, I feel like one of the reasons that your mom might have agreed of you going because it was like a Christian camp. Yeah. And even though she like, be doesn't really believe the Lord, like 
people in general have the mindset of like, oh, it's a Christian camp. They're right. gonna help like my kid get better. <laughs> help straight. <these> kids. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, right. even though she doesn't believe technically, she doesn't yeah. like follow the Lord. Something in her told her like, yeah, this will be good for my son. Right. So I think it's so cool that that happens with people that say that they don't believe the Lord. Right. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And. I asked you this before, but when did you start wrestling, and have you played any other sports before? <laughs> I started. <laughs> it's actually funny because, like, as I'm answering, I'm like, "Did I already say this?" Yeah. Um, which That's is totally funny. fine. But um, so I started wrestling in uh, my freshman year of high school, and I did not play any sports before that. I always wanted to, and football was kind of like the big thing. I, I mean, actually, even coming up here to Kentucky, I was shocked at. Um, <laughs> how much people like basketball because I'm like true. right because like down south I mean it's football 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 mm -hmm. that's everything mm -hmm. uh anyway so I really wanted to play and uh, my dad actually wouldn't let me he was like you're too small and I was like mm, you know whatever um I was when you small. say you're too small to me it's so weird because we don't have small. football in Brazil oh really but obviously I know the football guys in here and they're big they're pretty big but still like it's funny how people like have this stereotype like mm -hmm. in their minds you know like yeah i don't think you would be fit for that sport because of your, your body type right. but like, in I'm some in man. some sports sure you can't influence and football right. is one of those yeah. but it's just funny how much like people take it into consideration here right it's that serious it's so serious <laughs> yeah um but again like down south yeah football is like a religion mm -hmm. you know what i mean and, and everybody's goal is to make it to the league so um, but yeah, I started, started wrestling in high school and, which is pretty young. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, but you know, when, whenever I first came to college, one of my teammates, he was either 22 or 23, he was a little older, but he had started wrestling whenever he was four. So he had wrestled as long as I was alive, um, which is a big deal. And again, the skill gap was, was, yeah. was pretty big at that point. Um, I mean, obviously we made it to college, but it, yeah. he was, he, he was really good. But anyway. Yeah, but for you, like coming like from high school wrestling to college wrestling, what yeah. were like one of the biggest challenges for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was a world of difference. Oh my goodness. How come? Like, I don't know. Oh changed. my goodness. Because I will never experience that yeah. in my life. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, wrestling's awesome. Um, oh my gosh. I, you know, I thought I was ready. It was, uh, <laughs> That's I mean like, you know, we, like we, in high school, we, we had a pretty competitive room, but like, High school accolades just don't matter in college. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, I wasn't a state champ or anything like that. <clears throat> but when I came here, it was like, you know, well, one, I'm wrestling grown men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that I guy was, that was 22 years old. Right, right. Like, as a grown man. Yeah. Uh, I was 18 and I was young for my age. So, mm -hmm. like, there is there is a, a legitimate, like, physical development that still needed to happen. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until my sophomore year that I really started filling in. Um so there was that piece. Uh, the competition was just significantly different. I mean, I say this story now. I used to be super ashamed of it, but here we are. The Lord humbles us. Um, you know, I came in, and I was like, I'm going to take everybody's spot. Like, That's I'm about to beat funny. everybody, right? Um, and, I mean, to some degree, you need to have that in a yeah, sport Yeah, you need like to have that. the confidence. Right. But there's also a difference between, like, confidence and foolishness. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was foolishness. Like, the person who was in my, in my weight class was a... You know, like a, a national qualifier. Like oh, he wasn't no chump, but um. So we used to do these things called grind matches, and it's basically wrestling for an extended period of time. And we did, <laughs> we did a forty-minute grind match, and 
you know, for 30, 35 or so out of those 40 minutes, I was probably on my back or getting choked out or like just getting destroyed. And <laughs> I remember like, I tried to quit. I was like, bro, get off me. And he's like, no. Oh and, my god! And like, I couldn't get him off me. So I was like, well, shoot, I guess after I'm just going to lay here. Right. But like, you know, it, it, it's actually cool because the reason, the reason why I like sharing that now is because like, um, <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's just a really cool moment that happened afterwards, but now one of my best friends, his name's Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into wrestling at all, you should check him out. He's a, he's a Greco guy, but, um, he came up to me afterwards. He's like, man, I never thought I'd hear that from your mouth. I better never hear that again. Dang. And I didn't. Um, so I guess like, like, That's like good. yeah. And I mean, like one of the differences that happened coming from high school to college is that there was like a, a realization that it's like, yo, like we're not like, like it's not a joke anymore. Like it's mm-hmm. high level competition yeah. and there, there's a different mindset that comes with it. <clears throat> so don't be a punk basically. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of fundamentally it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I learned a lot, grew a lot, uh, was beat a lot. And I think that's just part of the process. So it's like, how do you have that resiliency to keep yeah. going after that? Um, yeah. So that was kind of one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. I think just the competition and like everybody's fast, everybody's strong and everybody's <laughs> good. So like in high school, you'd be like, oh, I'm about to just throw this kid on his back and pin him in like 10 seconds. Yeah. You just didn't have that in college. You didn't have any here. Like you're wrestling yeah. seven minutes, right? Like the full match, like was, is, was the it's, expectation. It's a long time. Yeah. So, but it was good because, and I mean, I might talk about this later, but it's just a matter of like shifting the expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectation I had was to come in here and to be a stud and to beat everybody. Yeah. But in reality, I was like, I needed to be humbled because yeah. every single person in here is good. Um, and they were really putting hands on folks. And <laughs> But it's good because we had a, I mean, like at that time, we weren't as competitive as we became. Mm-hmm. But like... Yeah, the wrestling team is good. <clears throat> yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, we have a pretty competitive program and mm-hmm. um, it's not for everyone. Oh, yeah. So. It's, <laughs> it's tough for sure. And yeah. like in Brazil, it's not that common to see people wrestling yeah but when i watched for the first time i was like this is the funniest and like hardest thing i've ever seen in my life because you guys use like a hundred percent of your strength almost like those seven yeah (laughs) like it's crazy like to me it's so funny because you are all over each other and like i don't know how you guys handle that because it's so sweaty and like there's, there's actually a lot, a lot of, of technique in there oh of course it is <laughs> you're not just like no of course i bet it is but like <laughs> i have no clue what's going on yeah but that is so hard but like sometimes i remember going with molly and molly was one of my best friends and like <clears throat> me and her we were laughing the whole time of like how nervous we were watching how yeah. funny it was so yeah it's a it's a good sport it's not for everyone it's not i for can everyone. say that it's not for especially everyone. from someone that has never like competitively played like any like physical contact mm-hmm. sport because i've danced or i play tennis or now i'm running track right there's no touching anyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no time so i don't know if i would have been able to handle that yeah. i would be annoyed <laughs> honestly it's pretty it's pretty cool i think it gives you kind of a chip on your shoulder too because it's like i don't know i just i just think oh, it brings sure. a, a unique set of challenges but like it it's really fun. is um yeah i mean i, I say that now is. looking back but like <laughs> the weight sucked like there was a lot of but i mean like it's part of it and you just realize everybody yeah. cuts weight and like everybody goes through that that similar kind of suck and like that's it's true. just part of it so that is true. um yeah yeah and shifting like from the perspective of doing it because you really love the sport because Mm -hmm. it's like an idol in a way how 
did you feel after you started doing it for God and to glorify God? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I didn't like consciously think about using wrestling as a, like as a means to glorify the Lord, probably until college. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I think some of that is just maturity in Christ. Like I was a new believer and I was, I knew that following Jesus meant following him everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm just gonna be a Christian. I'm just going to do my thing at practice and then I'm going to do my thing at competition. But coming to, to college, I think I was just more confronted with that because a lot more of my teammates just either weren't Christians <clears throat> or they were asking questions and different things like that. But um, yeah, I just became a little bit more conscious of the fact that like Christians are called to be ambassadors for Christ and that the, the way that we do things matters. And you know, if you think about an ambassador for Brazil, like if you were an ambassador for Brazil now, I would assume um, for better, for worse, that like <laughs> what you're doing is going to be representative of people in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, so in the same way, as we think about being an ambassador for Christ, like what people see um, to some degree is going to be some kind of reflection on the Lord as well. Uh, now that doesn't mean that, you know, we're advocating for perfection because that's not it at all. Uh, and I was mentioning the, the last time too, like, so the way that we win matters, the way that we conduct ourselves matters, the way mm-hmm. that we pursue holiness matters, but also the way that we fail matters. And like, Again, I think of that one situation where I got absolutely handled, but it's like, okay, like that's a, that's a humility piece. Mm-hmm. Um, now onto the athletic piece, you know, you can have the the piece where it's like, no, nah, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get punked out like that. Yeah. But then there's the other piece too, where it's like, all right, cool, like I have a lot to grow and mm-hmm. I have a lot to learn. Um, yeah. So, and, and I guess I'm just thinking about the importance of like how when we fail. Um, that's also a picture of God's grace in our life. And yeah, because um, yeah. I think sometimes we we can have this perception where Christians need to do everything perfectly. So mm-hmm. when I'm saying I'm being an ambassador for Christ, I need to do that perfectly. And it's like, nah, because um, if I get to a place where I need to apologize to somebody or repent to somebody uh, or before the Lord, like that's also a means for people to see mm-hmm. God's redemptive work in our lives, which is really cool. Yeah. So. And something that I didn't even like realize until I feel like months ago, I would say, like, we're always influencing people. Always. It doesn't matter, like, yeah. if people are realizing that yeah. or, like, if we realize that. But people are always watching us as we're watching other people. Mm-hmm. So the way we conduct ourselves and, like, how we fail matters it a matters. lot. Because, as you said, like, in sports, failing, it's it happens all the time. All the time. So like, we need to learn how to fail, too. Right. Which, for me, was such a struggle my yeah. whole life. Because I'm such a perfectionist, so failing is one of my biggest fears, and I know that now, so I can handle it differently. Right. Right? Right. And just being an ambassador, I think, is so cool, because I'm going to be an ambassador for the school next year. Okay. So every time I should have been saying, like, ambassador, I'm like, yeah, that matters. Right. Because I want to, like, give a good impression to those people that I'm going to be talking to that might come to the school. So in the same way, the way we act in our sports and outside of sports, like our team is going to watch us. Mm-hmm. and For better or for worse. Yeah, literally. Like it's just the reality of it. And, and as you said, like yeah. we're not perfect, but yeah. the way we do things, it's supposed to be for God, to glorify God. Right. So I think that's very cool when you use the word ambassador. I never thought about yeah. using that word. That's so from it's a, so cool. Yeah, read okay it. If I just read <laughs> it. This will be one of my favorite passages in all scripture. Second Corinthians 5. Um verse 16. Uh, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And then here's a really cool verse that's like a summary of the gospel. (laughs) For our sake, he made him, God made him, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Preach! Yeah. That's so, so cool. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. And it's like, you know, in, in, in our sports, we have the opportunity to be ambassadors too. And Yeah. Yeah. And it's every day. Every That's day. what is so cool. We're together like all the time with our teammates. Right. And you, as someone that worked <laughs> with athletes a bunch, yeah, as like, not only like as a sports ministry is like, leader yeah. but also as the director as the GA or like yeah. any other like setting here at the school because I don't know maybe like 50% of our students are athletes so right. or even more I don't even know so it's a lot so what are some things that you've seen that athletes struggle with the most and what yeah. are some pieces of advice that you could give to those people that struggle with that yeah um yeah I'm still stumped up on this one. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, by the way, I've asked this before. <laughs> but it's a hard question. No, that's why I asked question. it. That's a hard question. It's good, though. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'll stick with the, the first one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just kind of talking about how in sports, everything that we do is performance-driven. So the only t- – not the only. Sometimes, depending on your coach. <laughs> the majority of the time that, <clears throat> that we get complimented or that we get affirmed – um, is whenever we do things right or whenever we perform well. True. Um, so then the expectation can be, well, success means performing well or doing well, you know, becoming a national champ or, or an All-American or, um, or whatever that might be. So mm-hmm. the, the danger, though, comes is whenever you begin to translate that into the Christian life because now Christianity becomes performance-driven. Um, and rather than looking at Christ, who has accomplished the work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to this, God made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him, not in ourselves, in him, we can become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. What we can begin to do is put that burden on ourselves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so whether that's, you know, within the Christian walk, the way that we engage people, the way that we share the gospel, whatever it is, we can begin to put, like, a burden on ourselves rather than uh, looking to Christ, who has accomplished it all. Um, now, again, that's not me saying that we need to be passive. I think that, you know, Christ's love compels us, mm-hmm. right? Um to be able to pursue holy lives and to love our neighbor and to love the Lord. But but if we're not careful, I think, again, we can just begin to have a performance-driven mind within our, our Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can struggle because, and I mentioned this earlier too, but like the reason why we get into the Word is because we confess and we believe that God has revealed himself to us ultimately through the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but also in his Word. So like the capital W Word, Jesus, mm-hmm. but then also in his Word. And so it's like the reason why we should get into the word is to know God, yeah. um, not just to check off a box. And sometimes we can have this systematic approach, which systematic is not bad, but like we can have this this overly rigid approach where it's like, okay, I need to check the box, just get in the word right now. Um, and then God forbid if I fail, then yeah. oh my goodness, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, I mean, there's grace for that, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we're humans. <laughs> right, we're humans. And and we're, we're constantly in the process of becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um so it's actually funny because a lot of the same mindset that athletes will take towards their craft, towards mm-hmm. their sport, we don't actually apply like the benefit of that to um, 
to our walk either. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, okay, so we realize that, you know, I'm not going to become a good wrestler in a day. I'm not going to win a national championship in a day. Um, I realize that it's going to take me eating well. It's going to take me disciplining myself and sleep. (laughs) (laughs) that is a struggle for so many people i I can say that listen and it matters oh it does like sleep matters so i'm gonna discipline myself what i eat i'm gonna discipline myself my sleep i'm gonna discipline myself my practice like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna compromise and just because i don't feel good like oh let me cut corners like no like national champions they 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 don't cut those corners um but then you know whenever we think about the christian life it's like okay i should do this once and immediately i should become a national Mm -hmm. champion and it's like no, that's not how that works. It takes, it's a process. Uh, so on one hand, like, on, on one hand, we can either put a burden on ourselves, but then on the other hand, we can also just have unrealistic expectations. So that would be one of the the, the difficulties that I see here um, and that I struggled with. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in different ways, I'm not competing, but in different ways, still struggle with. Um, another thing I would say is just like, I often saw the difficulty that people would have with engaging their teammates. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that the attitude was, yo, like, I'm going to keep my teammates over here and I'm going to just, like, share the gospel with you afar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, with, with sports <laughs> ministry, one of our, not one of our, the key um, verse was First Thessalonians 2.8, which says this. So, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And then, you know, Paul gives us, I think the Bible gives us the challenge mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we get to not only share the gospel with people, but also our very lives. So um, just as we think about some of the difficulty of engaging people who are either culturally different than us, um, maybe there's actually like a, a language barrier, whatever it might be. Yeah. But then, then the challenge is, okay, well, how do we go about loving these people as people, as, as my teammates that I have the opportunity to spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think I have already mentioned this in the podcast. I know I say this phrase a lot, but one of the pastors back at home said once that if we are the only image of the Jesus they will ever see, mm-hmm. what do they see? Yeah. And like when he said it, that stuck to me a lot because that is actually true. It's good. Sometimes people will never hear about Jesus unless mm-hmm. like, we show it to them or we talk about Jesus to them. Right. So what we're showing to people matters a lot. It matters. And I've mentioned this before, like in other episodes too, and before we restarted this episode. <laughs> hey, there's grace for that. <laughs> yeah. This has been fun. That um, on a tennis team, that was a big struggle for me mm-hmm. to be able to go and talk about Jesus to them because it wasn't a good environment for me to do that. People were not very receptive. The coach never really talked about this. But now on the track team, it's way easier mm-hmm. because the coach intentionally goes and give us, like, devotions. We have, cool. like, other athletes that go and talk to the whole team because we have team meetings every single Wednesday. <coughs> so we talk about Jesus, like, explicitly. And we are mostly Americans on a team. So around here, especially in the Bible Belt, people mm-hmm. have heard about God yeah. at least, like, once or twice, and they have been to church. doesn't matter if they have a relationship with God or not, they've heard about him. So it's easier in a way there are other types of um what's the word? It's like a yeah, different different kinds of folks. Yeah. Who may not have or different maybe yeah. cultures or true. And it's there are challenges in both situations. Right. But I feel like by sharing the gospel, the situation that I am in now is easier. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you are not practicing in sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
what retired. was <laughs> retired <laughs> and what were some of the biggest struggles for you after you stopped competing because I oh. bet it's so hard <laughs> you know it's actually funny I'm really passionate about this because nobody talks about this that's, uh, true. that's actually not true people do talk about this um, in general it's right. not heard a lot <clears throat> that yeah. is true I agree with that so in the assist there's a book if you're that interested so good. <laughs> it's so good it's called the assist and then the subtitle is um, what is it? a practical guide in glorifying God through yeah. your sports? It's really helpful, but one of the chapters that it has is called on retiring. Um, one yeah, of after the I read that book, like I started to think about it because like I've never even thought never about think. the fact that one day I'm not gonna be competing all the time. Right. Like, doesn't matter what sport you do. Yeah. So that hit me hard. I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. How is it? <laughs> no, it's so, and I guess it is a good thing to think about because my retirement was kind of abrupt. Um, I ended up shattering my ring finger my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I wrestled my sophomore year. Um, but again, I, I was revisiting the idea of military or federal law enforcement, and it's on my left hand. Um, yeah, my, my ring finger on my left hand is what broke, and I'm left hand dominant. Oh, so fun. I was like, I shoot with my left hand. And basically the doctor was like, yeah, if you do any more damage to your finger, it's just going to get stuck. Oh, fun. And I was like, I kind of need my hand. <laughs> so, uh, That's anyway, yeah, but... It, like, it was one of those things where mine was a little bit more abrupt, so I don't think I had as much closure. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I struggle with is, like, still wanting to have that high that high of a competition. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, like, I would still work out. And then, then to some degree, too, I was pursuing special operations in the military, so I was, like, working out for that, which was really fun. Um, I bet it's hard, but it was hard. I also bet it's fun. But it's good, and it's like, and like that helps satisfy some of the some of that competitive element. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a struggle, is like readjusting to okay, like where do I get that competition? Or but then even like the point of working out, like why? Because beforehand there was mm -hmm. a there's a clear goal. I mm -hmm. want to get faster. I want to get stronger, and I I want to be more conditioned so I can True. be a better wrestler. Um, ultimately, so I can glorify the Lord through that, but also for my teammates, because mm -hmm. I don't, you know, like, like I want to be a good teammate there too, and I want to be a competitive and a, and a, um, and a successful wrestler. Yeah. So there was a goal towards working out. Afterwards, like, you're like, well, why do I do this, you know? I think that that's going to be the biggest <clears throat> struggle for me. It's hard, and it's easy to be like, ah, I don't really need to, but then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, let me, let me continue to be disciplined, which moves me to another challenge that I had with, like, with wrestling, or with any sport, excuse me, especially on the collegiate level. Your life is structured around your sport to some oh, degree. Literally. Like you have morning practices, you eat. You have class, you eat. You have afternoon practice, you eat. And then you go do homework maybe, and then go to sleep. <laughs> maybe <All> you right? should. <laughs> and but but it's like like it was just super structured. So losing some of that structure and losing the accountability of it was really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so that I would say you know make time to to discipline yourself to like to to re. That's good. Uh, yeah, just, just to find things actually fill that time. Because if not, you're going to have too much time and then you're not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so discipline is actually a good thing. Structure is a good thing. We sometimes think, like, oh, freedom is not doing anything. But, like, like true freedom happens with an appropriate, you know, boundaries. And that's why, like, true freedom is found by submitting ourselves to the word of the Lord. It's not by doing whatever mm -hmm. we want. That's what, you know, the whole book of Judges is. And yeah. it was horrible. <laughs> right and like people were doing what was right in their own eyes and they thought they were free but they, like it was horrible and they were killing themselves and yeah um <laughs> literally <laughs> right, i mean actually yeah like it was horrible so so thinking through that uh like having good balanced structure is good but then another thing and again this is on retirement but just i think i, I really struggled for a while because i was like 
like a lot of my identity still wanted to be in a like being a wrestler mm-hmm. um and i wasn't that anymore so yeah. it's like okay i used to be known as devon who wrestled mm-hmm. i don't do that now mm-hmm. so what's up and um i bet it's hard <laughs> yeah i mean like it's, it's it's just different but then again that like some of that challenges where it's like no like our identities in christ yeah. like devon the christian who wrestles mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah. So again, I think I think I was just more confronted with the fact that I wanted to hold on to wrestling more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And it was actually funny because I read that book three years, four years after I stopped competing. Wow. And when I read that that chapter, I was like, dang, <laughs> like I'm still like yeah. kind of holding on to this. Right. Mm-hmm. Years later, um, you know, like in high, I don't, I don't know what's like in Brazil, but in high school here, you kind of make fun of people who like live their glory days in high school. Right, and it's like, well, back in high school, I, and it's like, bro, nobody cares Mm -hmm. about that. Um, (laughs) True. But, like, but, like, like, it's easy to want to, like, hold on, like, I can see why people do that. Because it is part of you. It's part of you. It is. And, like, that was a big part of what, like, who you are, what you did, what gave you value, what gave you worth. So then the question is, well, how do we transition that to getting our value, worth, and our identity in Christ? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, which can be difficult sometimes because the physical, like, the the the, competi- the competitive piece is a lot more tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could be like, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm serving the Lord, I'm following Him, like, I'm, I'm identified with Him. But if you don't see those, like, tangible results sometimes, it could be easier to go to the things where you can see those results right there. True. And you're like, see, look, I've got these medals. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, true. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I feel like, especially for, like, um group sports, like, team sports, like, yeah. wrestling as well, like, you need someone else to wrestle with. You mm-hmm. can't, like right. do it by yourself. You I did know? that for a while. I had a I had a throwing I had a throwing. Uh, That's funny. But I'd like for it. tennis, for example, you can still play tennis. You know. Right. You like you go to a, like a court. You like call a friend. You can go and play. But right. wrestling, it's harder to find someone to wrestle with. So you want to roll around? They're like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's not that easy. Like running, you can run. Yeah. You know, you don't need anyone to run. Right. But like the competitive part, or right. like having the the goal-driven mindset because like after you stop competing it's like what do you do yeah like i bet it's so hard and just like especially like now like they were going to like the summer vacation part yeah like all the workouts obviously they are still like Mm goal-driven like it's like for a purpose for the season that is going to come but it's still so much hard to be motivated to go and like work out when like you know that like the only competition that is gonna come is like months right. from now, so it's hard. I feel like that's like a close maybe like mindset. Mm. Or like when I stopped playing tennis and I started track, it was hard for me. Like after I left the meeting that I had with my past coach, I was crying on the phone with my parents. Like I was so happy that I quit, but I was also so sad because mm-hmm. like it's not that I didn't like tennis anymore. It just couldn't do that here right. <laughs> anymore. So I was crying to them, and my dad was like, aren't you happy that you made this decision? Like, no, I am. But, like, still, I've been it's playing hard. for, like, eight years. Right. So, like, it's part of me to, like, I don't have anymore. Right. You know, I can still, like, oh, sign up for, like, a championship. But still, it's not going to be the same. So I'm yeah. never going to have that part of my life anymore. So, like, I feel like the, yeah. what's the word? When someone dies and you... Like the closure? Not no? closure, like... When you mourn, oh, like, the morning, the right? it's real, too. <clears throat> yeah. And especially when you, like, completely stop yeah. practicing a sport and competing in that sport. I bet it's so hard. It's tough. And honestly, 
Yeah. I think, you know, for Americans and, and some other Western cultures, we just don't value lamenting or mourning. It's true. Um, and I'm thinking more specifically about, like, biblical context. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, if there was repentance of sin, there'd be, like, a tearing of robes, sackcloth, and dust ashes. Like, it was very public and, like, like it was, like, a, it was, like, a big deal. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I mean, I think some of the... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because part of me, I'm like, okay, I think for the most part, there are a lot of things in life where like we just need to stop complaining and just kind of suck it up. But <laughs> that can that True. can also go too far because like that's one of those things where it's like, no, like we actually should mourn that. Like that's a mournable thing. Yeah. But the question is, do we just stay in that mourning piece? Yeah. Um, or do we move on past that? Because like mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to get that closure to mourn, to process that, especially emotionally process that. Um, and yeah, like the Lord sanctifies whole people. That includes our emotions too, right? Mm-hmm. So like our emotions are part the of Lord the... cares. Right. About how we feel. <laughs> he does. And it's like the, like our emotions are part of, of who we are too. So, mm-hmm. so like it's appropriate to mourn, to grieve, to process all that. Um, and I think often that's one of those things where it's like, oh, just kind of suck it up. Like it's over. Yeah. But it's like, but y'all just, I just spent, I mean, I think of my buddy Sam and he's like, y'all just spent 26 years of my life wrestling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, or 22 but it's like I, I, yeah I just spent 22 years of my life wrestling like what like mm-hmm. you know he's been wrestling legitimately like, for like all almost all of his life yeah um that's a big deal. all his life right like that's a big deal and I mean so, some of it depends on how invested you are in your sport too because I know some yeah. people who like they're, they're like whatever I don't care I'm super glad I don't do this anymore I don't know how people are. right but I think for me because I you know wrestling gave me opportunities to come to college it gave me opportunities to do things like if I if I wouldn't have wrestled, I'm convinced. Like looking back and, and seeing how the Lord has shaped it and, and molded my life, like if I wouldn't have wrestled, I don't know where I'd be. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, like I'd probably be off wilding out in the gang or something. Like that is actually crazy. Like I wouldn't have done anything productive, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know that because here we are yeah. by God's grace. But but yeah, so it's like 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 whenever that kind of attachment comes to it as well, it's like okay, this is a big deal. It so, is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So. <clears throat> What can you say was one of your favorite memories of sports so far? <laughs> oh, snap. You can say more than one. It's really ironic <laughs> because my favorite memories were the, the worst at the time. Because <laughs> now I look back and I'm just I've like... I've been like, hearing a bunch of like similar yeah. experiences, but go ahead. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think... I honestly think, like, I, I have I had a few pivotal moments in terms of my mindset mm-hmm. um, that 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 are some of my favorite. And one was whenever I was wrestling that grind match. Because, um, again, Freeman really, that was really good. There was another <laughs> one, and, and again, I think that this is just because it helped cultivate a different kind of competition for me, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but there was another piece we were running sprints at the end of practice and oh. everybody knows the the whole like look at me I'm so tired kind of look <laughs> that people have uh so I did that and my coach <laughs> oh gosh th- this is my first coach we there've been a few coaches uh in Cumberland's history but uh he literally like I ran down on the mat touched the touched the mat and I was running back and he literally like locks eyes with me looks at me the whole time and he's like get that stupid look off your face no one gives an f that you're tired and I was like like and I right I literally got back to the end and I was like 
yo, that's true. Like, <laughs> like we're Literally. all, but but I, like I think we're all tired, right? And I think I think that that was one of the reasons because that I mean it it really gave me perspective on like yo like my whole team is here doing this with me mm-hmm. like it's not just me that's you know cool. like like I don't just need to make this about myself and look at how much I'm struggling but like my like my whole team's going through this mm-hmm. like we're grinding out here, um, so kind of in like a weird ironic way that's actually one of my favorite mm-hmm. memories too but that's so cool I don't know we had a lot of we had a lot of really <laughs> they're just it, like I guess it's just funny to me how those are the just like the my favorite ones now and I think some of it is because it's like dang like if somebody like if I did that practice right now could I do that you oh, know yeah uh, true. and I mean the prideful part of it like duh but the other piece is like <laughs> That's man it really sucked anyway I don't have to go into details about it but yeah those are just some of my favorite memories yeah. uh in terms of like actual practice but mm-hmm. and maybe more like maybe more like self um uh shaping mm-hmm. because again I think I think one of the things I appreciated about the sport so much is how much um the Lord has used it to kind of shape and then kind of develop me but yeah. maybe some other things I I mean I really would say just my engagement with the teams um and just my different teammates and honestly as I've as, as we've been talking through this I've been thinking about one <clears throat> there's a guy we were teammates for the my first two years here and he ended up graduating, but recently he called me like his mom wasn't doing super well. And and I think having developed some of those relationships to the point, I mean, literally he calls me out of nowhere. I've not talked to him in like three years. And he was like, bro, I didn't know who else to talk to. Like, wow, that's like here's huge. what's going on. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I was, I was really reflective and I was like, man, yeah. that was, that, that was really cool. So I guess being able to like have those kind of moments mm-hmm. and, and conversations and, and going back to like the sucky practices, but like, like, yo, like we really did that, you know, yeah. and just how, how bonding that those actually were. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those would be like the, the personal character development, the relationship and friendships that were made, um, that have even carried on till now. Like that yeah. was just a, a cool thing. Um, I think is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And obviously everything that we talked to, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's I was like, I don't know how I forgot about this. Um, I, my second year wrestling here, I had a coach, his name was Cal, and he was a, he was a GA, but, um, he was awesome, and he was just a really cool mentor, good friend, ultimately, but, uh, Christian, and Mm -hmm. he was actually one, he was like, man, like, we should read through the Bible in a year together, but, and I'd never done that before, but, um, I just remember being really challenged by that, and really encouraged and edified, uh, but I haven't done that with him, so that would that would probably be another one of my favorite memories. That is very cool. Yeah, there's a lot of growth that happened with him. It it's crazy. It's crazy the the impact and the influence that a, that an intentional coach can have on you. Oh yeah. You know. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, it's just it's yeah. just yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it was um, very different. Like, cause at home I had like all my coaches were Christians too, mm-hmm. and like we mm-hmm. didn't even know about this like when we started like practicing on that place and in that club like we had no idea but like yeah. obviously like god's character will show and like i found out that like all my coaches were literally christians I was like Praise that god. is awesome like awesome. what an opportunity and then coming here that was like one of the biggest changes because mm-hmm. coach Dan, he's an awesome man but he doesn't like intentionally follow the lord so that yeah. was very different and now with coach souder it's completely different as well mm-hmm. Because he's dealing with, like, 130 athletes. It's a lot of people. He is doing a great job. <laughs> that yeah. is a lot of people to manage. But, yeah, 
we've been talking basically about like sports and gods yeah. or how the because I just remembered about a question that I want to ask. Oh yeah. That we've been talking about God and sports like throughout the whole episode, obviously. But what are some things? <laughs> I'm that, sorry, it just that, started pouring the rain. Really. <laughs> 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 that is funny. I could show you guys, but if I change the setting, I might not be able to put it back <laughs> where it is. Just There's trust a us. Lot of rain. It's raining all Can I get a ride? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to walk. <laughs> That's wow. funny. That is a lot of rain. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. We talk a lot about God. What are some things that sports has taught you about God? About God. Yeah. About God's character or God. In general. <laughs> it's a lot of freaking rain. <laughs> Leaves. Um, oh, gosh. You know, it is interesting. I think to some degree there were some practices and stuff where I was like, really relying on the Lord. So, I mean, I guess yeah. kind of a cliche, but really the Lord's faithfulness in that. I'd also say, like, it's cool in a in a weird kind of way I think that not maybe not weird I guess in a cool way the Lord has taught me a lot about his providence his sovereign control mm -hmm. um true because again I mean I I really think back on some of those those conversations those moments or some of those things that were like really pivotal in shaping just me um or even some of my other teammates and it's like it's just cool that that sports was the means that he used to to kind of instill those things um so yeah, his his faithfulness, his sovereignty. Wow. I'm gonna show this. I don't care. It's like. So if you're watching on YouTube, that's the situation. No, that came out of y'all. It was like just sunny. Like, it was just sunny. That's crazy. That is a lot of rain. Anyways, okay. I'm gonna put it right here. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Wait. The battery's ending. Come there on. It is. We need um, to finish this. Yeah, so, yeah, I think sports just kind of taught me a lot about that. Uh, just reliance on him, his faithfulness, his sovereignty. And, and I don't know, I'm just really grateful for a lot of my teammates. And, yeah. and just the opportunity to, to have talked and engaged and with cool. them, too. Um, even some that, yeah, whether or not, like, the conversations were a little more, like, difficult to navigate or, or whatever it might be. But there was just a lot, um, yeah, that the Lord is has taught me through that, yeah. through sports and That's through so that. That's so cool. Yeah, Devon, so. thank you so much yeah. for coming to the podcast. This was a journey. <laughs> it was so was a, the Christian walk. It was a crazy ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Mom. Good job. But yeah, thank you guys so much for spending your time to listen to us talk about sports and about the Lord. I hope you could have been blessed by it. Yeah. And I have fun. I think the fun had fun, too. Been great. And I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Bye. <laughs>